Previously on Wild Endeavors, the Wayward Sons set out from Brightmoon to meet up with an adjudicator of the Armalucius. If anyone can help them get answers about Thorina's connection to the King in Yellow, it is this paladin. Though, when the companions arrived at Wardshire Keep, they found themselves in the midst of an undead siege. And just as the battle seemed about to turn, an even greater threat emerged. This is the story of the Wayward Sons, featuring Amy Jostino as the Dwarven Barbarian, Farina Thunderhelm. Remember, I am raging, so come at yes. me, bro. Devin Salisbury as the Eldrin Wizard, Varys Leodon. Don't pretend like you're reading my mind, okay? <laughs> I'm going to do a fireball, because that's what I wanted to do. Adam Rogers as the gnome rogue, Malkin Kessel. There's probably a rogue thing for that, huh? Nick Feely as elven fighter Aramil Galadinel. It's like climbing up a wall, but with like sweet flips and shit. Evan Chamberlain as the human cleric Elemin Corster. Yeah, I want I want to try to do it as soon and long as possible. You know what I'm trying to say, like because I want to make sure everybody gets it. And I'm Thomas Marsetti, DM and producer of these are wild endeavors. And now, episode eleven. The Undying Fire. undead dragon fell upon the defenders of Wardshire Keep. Far to the west, an astronomer was about to make a disturbing discovery. Face Zodal, a small tiefling gnome, sat in his observatory high above the city of Zognaton. Like many astronomers in the city, Face's observatory is small, little more than a fifty-foot-wide, two-story tall circular room. Though what these buildings lack in size, they more than make up for with the cacophony of machines that lift them far above the city lights so they can study the stars. Normally Face waited until the gloaming to start his observatory's slow climb more than 600 feet into the air. This afternoon, though, he is studying the information gathered from some weather balloons and decided he wanted to be high above the city as he did. Weeks ago, Face had released dozens of weather balloons, each one carrying a small scrying crystal so he could see from their vantage point and take some rudimentary readings. Other members of the Skyglass, a guild of astronomers and observatories, didn't take Face seriously. For one, he'd only been sky-searching for a couple of years. For two, he built his observatory not with scientific funding or support from scholarly institutions, but with his own self-made fortune. He had invented a machine, roughly the size and shape of a buffalo, that could wash and dry a single pair of socks in five minutes. Despite its size, strange shape, and uninspired name, the sock wash the machine was a big hit among the inventors of Zognaton, who didn't want to take the time to wash their socks the traditional way. But after today, the guild would feel very differently about Face Sodal. A crystal plate the size of a serving tray hung on the wall near the observatory's massive telescope. A nearby series of enchanted beads on an abacus allows Face to project the view from different scrying crystals into the plate. 
When he switches to R117, he grunts. Huh. What is it? Jaden Sled asks. She's making tea on the other side of the room, so she can't see what he is looking at in the plate. But she's been Face's assistant long enough to know that that particular grunt means that the astronomer is confused. Or gassy. Uh, uh, R-117, of course. Uh, it's out way over the Great Sea. Oh, rat droppings. There's nothing to see out there, but just water. Man, this storm, I guess, but the, the crystal must be off-center. It looks like... It... It looks like... Face trails off as he realizes that the crystal isn't sideways. The storm he is seeing rises from the sea like a near-perfect wall of thunderclouds. It must be thousands of feet tall, and even more wide. In the view from the plate, Face can see neither top nor sides of the thing. As he looks closer at the strange storm wall, he sees wisps of emerald light swirling throughout and behind the storm. Some incredible magic is shaping this phenomena. What is that? he whispers. Having moved to the center of the room to peer over his shoulder, Jaden sighs when she sees the unnatural storm and emerald magical waves. The assistant's face drops a little bit. That's what we call the shroud, she says. Face's brow furrows, confusion and curiosity battling in the little man. He turns to some charts and maps of Arya. But there shouldn't be anything out there. I'm, I'm sure of it. We would, we would have known about it. There, somebody would have... It. Wait, what did you say? The, the shroud? We? We who? Resignedly, Jaden begins to move slowly toward Face. The shroud is a barrier that protects the rest of Opus from Arya, and protects Arya from the rest of Opus. As to the we, we are the Eternal Watch. We're the ones who keep people like you from finding out about the Shroud. Face's brow furrows even more. That, that, that doesn't make any sense. Then realization flickers in Face's eyes. Wait, what do you, what do you mean keep? He never finishes the sentence. Jaden's dagger is coated with a strong paralytic. Within the hours, his muscles will tense so hard they will begin breaking his bones. Not that it will matter. Jaden's stab is expertly placed, and faces dead before he hits the floor. Jaden quickly moves about the room, placing small red marbles strategically among Face's equipment and research. She's been his assistant for several years, so she knows exactly where he keeps everything of import. When she's done, she opens one of the windows. A cold wind rushes into the room as she throws one leg over the sill. She pauses for a moment and looks back at the crystal pane that still displays the storm wall and the swirls of green energy that is the shroud. It is beautiful, she says softly. And then to Face's dead body, she says, I really wish you had never seen it, but at least you had to see something beautiful before you died. She slips her other leg out the window. As she begins to fall, she snaps her fingers. The dozens of red marbles explode, sending napalm-like fire across the room. Falling backward, her face to the sky, she waits until she sees the red glow of the flames from the window. Then she turns in midair. By the time she is facing down, her body is transformed into that of a sparrow's. As she wings her way quietly above Zognaton, proof of the shroud and all of Face Sotil's life works vanish in a hungry fire.
remaining Bright Moon soldiers visibly shake as the dragon's roar rolls across the battlefield. Even as the warriors of light falter, the undead do not. They swarm around the southwest tower of Wardshire Keep, pouring over the walls, threatening to overrun the soldiers there. Facing the dragon, the southern wall is beginning to burn. The flames do not have to spread far before they will begin to burn the gate itself. With large chunks of flesh missing or beginning to rot, the dragon shambles its way out of the ruins of Paragon and into the clearing between the fallen city and Wardshire. The dragon's movements are swift but unnatural. They are a bit too much like those of the undead fish people who are crushing down on the keep. On the wall above the gate, one of the paladins raises their glaive into the air. The blade glows brightly like a beacon. They put a gauntleted hand to their throat, and then in a voice augmented by thaumaturgy, he says, By the light! Fall back to the blade road! Inside the keep, soldiers are beginning to help move the injured. A few clerics and a couple of paladins are seen to the most grievously wounded, seeing who they can help and get on the road, and who they will have to leave behind. Some of the support staff are setting up barricades inside the keep's walls, so that they can defend the northern door as they withdraw from Wardshire. I think somebody should try to inspire them to stay. We don't, but we don't have any stake in the keep, right? Like, we, our goal is to help them. But like, if they're retreating, I think we we are kind of like we're not the leaders of this battle. We're the help. Well, didn't you say if we lose this keep, it's not good? Isn't that correct? I remember you saying something like that. You know that essentially the most important charge of the paladins in this order is to patrol Paragon and to keep the darkness that's inside the city from escaping. So to that end, this keep is an important staging area for them. How important? I don't think you can say for sure at this time. I don't, I don't know if they have enough manpower to like help. Right. But, and again, um, like I trust their military leader, somebody who's been in battles or in this area. Are you all like regrouping to, to talk about this, or are you still up on the walls? Yeah, like, I think I think we should. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab that paladin. I'm, I'm close enough to him, right? Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. You could get to okay. him very quickly. Why are we retreating? What's going on? He eyes your purity seals that you've got on your armor and says, "Brother Paladin, you and your people have fought valiantly today. The Armalucius will not forget your service, but the day is lost." My people and this keep cannot withstand that dragon. If we are still here when it falls on us, we will lose more than our lives. We will withdraw and hopefully pull the dragon away from the keep. It is the only way some of us have a chance to survive. And God's willing, the keep will stand as it has for thousands of years. If the keep is destroyed, we have very little hope of keeping this section of the city secured. He gives you a slight nod and then begins to turn away from you. Brother, I think that is a bad idea. We need to stay and fight. This is a strategic area for your army. We might lose more life than you can think. Do you have allies close by that you can send reinforcements to come help? Paragon is half a day's ride. Not for us, it's not. I can message Commander Wing, and he can go and get reinforcements. That dragon will be here in minutes. Not if we can distract it. I mean, I'll fight the dragon. We could could attempt to hold it off. Yeah. Unless that's a bad idea. It's a great idea. He scans the five of you, and then looks back out at the dragon. Far be it for me to keep a champion of the Foehammer from a good death. 
Elthalos, let's get their attention. We'll draw the rest of the undead here. That should give you some room to fight the dragon. Buy us as much time as you can. But if you fall and reinforcements have not arrived, we'll have no choice but to withdraw. I will say that it's, uh, it's not the first dragon we faced. But it's the first dead dragon. Yeah, that is true. Actually, dead I don't know. What do you what do you say, Dragon Slayer? Malkin Malkin's been holding his bandolier, whatever that is, with a um, with some of those like the dragon tooth on it. And he's probably just kind of like holding it or kind of rubbing the tooth and says like, "What are we just standing around for? When have we backed down from a fight? Let's just let's just fight." Hell yeah! The little one has a point. The paladin gives the five of you a nod and says, "May Bahamut's light guide you." He then turns and shouts a few orders into the keep with that. So everybody reverses course and start getting back up onto the walls. Um, some of the clerics are still running around healing people as best they can, like the ones that are dying, trying to like stabilize them or getting some of the people who were were like kind of knocked out of the fight back up and able to fight. Okay, I send a message to Commander Wing saying that um, they're going to ferry reinforcements from Paragon back to here and that um, we're going to um, hold off while they're gone, so make haste. I understand, Sion. We are on our way. How far uh, away is the dragon? Roll, or like, survival? Ooh, for some reason I picked to be proficient in that, even though I've never used it a single time in, like, four years. <laughs> <laughs> I got a 21. Particularly with your your training, Aramil, um, you would guess that you would have maybe about two minutes before the dragon is at the walls. It is not a slow thing for its size. Right. Okay. And is it breathing fire? Do we know that yet? You haven't seen it breathe fire, but it's also mostly just shambling towards the city. Its wings that you saw were peppered with holes, are folded flat against its back as it kind of slithers and shambles toward you. So what do you all want to do? Specifically, what, if anything, are you doing about the fact that there is still a significant number of zombies in between you and the dragon. I can and get I can get me and one other person directly behind the horde. And um, I could um, use my channel divinity of destroy or turn undead to try to make a hole for us. Because I have one left. I mean, I think it makes sense for me to be somewhere close. I can at least take the first shot before anybody else can. If I'm within... So you want to come with me? 600 feet, I can at least get a long-range shot off. Okay. Can I also just, like, clear a path for us with a hammer? Yes. I can can imagine that I can't get all of them, so I imagine the rest, you can get the rest. Yeah, I mean, I think at at first I'm going to stick with Elemen, and then if I see an opportunity to, like, kind of do my dodging and hiding and that kind of thing, I will do that. Something's planned to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and right before Varys and Aramil go, we're, we're all going to say see you on the other side, brother. <laughs> That's right. Before they teleport, though, It'll just uh, be a few moment. I, I want to um, activate my Spring of Spell Storing, which I've never used, and cast Beacon of Hope on all of us. So you guys will all have advantage on Wisdom Saving Throws and Death Saving Throws and you will regain the maximum amount of hit points possible for any healing spells. So basically, if that zombie dragon tries to cast fear on you guys, you'll have advantage on that roll. I'd like to quickly ask uh, Element if he has any uh, easy, quick heals. 
that he might want to maybe <laughs> toss me real quick. Yeah, how much do you need? Samesies. I'm about half. Why didn't you guys mention this earlier? I, I could have asked, like, the clerics that were healing everybody when they huddled together. And generally, you don't ask a healer for healing. I'm pretty sure a healer's supposed to know. <laughs> yeah, I'll, who all needs it? I definitely need it. Not, like, bad, but... Skill How much tabletop can saying like specific <laughs> HP numbers? Oh, I'm just curious. For something like this, where it's more like preparation than an actual scene, I'm fine with it. Okay, I'm at 26 of 111. Yeah, he needs uh, healed. Jesus, why didn't you say something earlier? Yeah, I, <laughs> I have 57 out of 96. Or... Oh wait, I have this green orb that what's his face gave us. Oh yeah, you should each have one of those still. They are small, grapefruit-sized, uh, emerald-like orbs. Uh, Garth gave them to you when you were heading into the Well of the Moon. Uh, it takes a minute to use, but we'll kind of consider that as part of this prep and heading out to fight the dragon sort of scene. So any of you that want to use them will get the benefits of a long rest. Okay, yeah, I think like now is the charger. time to use that. I know it's a yeah, one-time I might, use. I might but... use mine as well. I would get all of my spells back. Mm-hmm. Which is what I'm kind of like, ooh. Yeah. I'm going to hold off. I have like a superior healing potion left, so if I need it, I'll chug that. Okay, let's dive right in then and start doing this. Elemen is kind of leading the charge with his destroy undead. Tell us what that looks like. Elemen kind of gets in front of everybody and he's just like, watch out, friends. And he'll take his sword and he'll like plant it in the ground and whisper uh, a prayer. And as he says that, he just yells out as, as loud as he can, BE GONE! Divine energy shoots out and just kills as many as possible. And so like before, as that energy washes over them, the eyes of the zombies glow for a moment with an intense red light, uh, that divine energy of Tempest. And they just collapse and like splatter on the ground like so much like rotten melon. This opens a fairly significant path for you into the Horde. It's certainly not all the way through, but it's a good start. And I believe that was going to be the cue for Varus and Aramil to... Uh, what spell are you using again? Uh, Dimension Door. Okay, so what does that look like? Uh, so I basically like look at him and I was like, alright, just stand close here. And uh, like all of like the stars that like appear on my body mm-hmm. like shine brighter and then go dark. And then we're, we just disappear like in their vision basically nice right before i wink out of existence i look at malkin and wink (laughs) okay so varus and aramel are gone malkin threna and element to represent the three of you getting through the rest of the horde let's do athletics checks for element and threna and stealth for malkin and i'll factor in the destroy undead on my side uh, 16. 25. 22. You all can certainly tell me otherwise, but I would say based just on those rolls that Thorina is leading the charge, and she is just like a wrecking ball. Like, they cannot stop her. They can't even slow her down. Thorina, do you want to add any flavor to that? I'd imagine it would just be like a sweeping motion where it'd be like swinging my hammer left and right and like knocking them to the side and out of my way. <clears throat> That's basically nice. it. She, she's Sauron in the beginning of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I dig it, and all the while, Baharoth like hums in your hands and thunders as it crushes or sweeps aside the undead. 
And then so then between her, you know, cleaving a path for you, Malkin, and just being able to kind of like sneak your way across the the battlefield, um, they you don't think that any of them even sees you. Um, do you want to add anything to that? I'm following as close as is, is safe, and then I'm kind of scouting to see if see the terrain and see if mm-hmm. there's anywhere that's obvious that I can kind of duck behind and make ranged attacks, though I think we're probably still a little ways out before where we'll really be fighting the dragon. But if I can get an idea of it's like the terrain is kind of the same between now and then, I can be thinking of that pretty quickly since I can attack with my short bow. Great. Okay. The five of you meet up pretty close to where you plan to on the far side of the herd of undead fish people. There are a decent number of stragglers back here. They seem pretty transfixed with Wardshire, and really only attack if you get too close to them. So for the moment, it's more just the annoyance of like batting away a single zombie, which for you is not a problem. Right now, they're not an immediate threat, but it might make the fight with this Dracolich a little bit more interesting. Speaking of which, the dragon is half lumbering, half shambling directly at you, that single yellow eye burning with hate. What would you like to do? So there's, like, we're in the middle of a street facing the dragon, but there are places we could go, like, around buildings, like, to the side of us. Mm-hmm. Or the, bu- the buildings are in ruins, but still, like... There's still some cover, yeah. Okay. I'd like to find the highest up point that I could find between us and the dragon. Sure. You're getting to the part of the outskirts of the city where some of the ruins have some height. Um, just for reference... This is one of the sections where the wall that runs around the city has been broken. So whatever it was that decimated like 400 feet worth of 40 foot thick, 50 foot tall wall also damaged and destroyed buildings inside the city. Uh, so that you know, the further you go inside away from the wall, the more complete the buildings are. Uh, here though, Aramel, you'd be able to parkour up, you know, like some of the larger stone slabs and find part of a house or something. Maybe it's a little more than like a pillar that's kind of like one story tall. But like with your grace and dexterity, posting up on top of that is pretty easy for you. I mean, Malkin doesn't really probably want to go up too high. So like I said, I think if there's like some rock or like a boulder or something he can kind of run behind, he's probably going to do that. I am raging, by the way. Okay. Uh, and I want to charge toward the dragon just to see if I can figure out if it's going to breathe fire on us <laughs> and make my plan. What's the dragon look like? Like, what's the... Give us some flavor. Yeah, give us some flavor about, like, where the gaps are in the dragon's body. Sure. So, first off, this thing is massive. It is much larger than the dragon you fought during your first trip to the Feywild. Its head is the size of a car. Um, On all fours, it's almost 20 feet from the ground to the top of its back. Nose to tail, it's easily 60 to 70 feet long. You can see along its right flank, there are three huge tears in its side, uh, like foot-long talons tore this thing from shoulder to hip. The flesh around the wounds are sagging a little and beginning to rot. There are a number of similar talon marks other places on its body, but in those places it looks like the blows only sheared off some scales. It has several semicircles of puncture wounds on its neck. These are almost certainly bites, but they are from something that had some pretty wild teeth. 
the largest puncture wounds are at least 8 inches in diameter. Uh, it then has a, another huge talon slash down its face. That is probably what took its eye and a good portion of the face skin with it. And did I mention it looks angry? Okay. Um, and what's our distance to the dragon right now? Probably about a thousand feet, give or take. But it is coming at you. And very much like the zombies that you were just fighting, um, that are more like the 28 Days Later kind of zombies, the fast, mobile kind of zombies, very clearly animated by some type of magic, this dragon is also making a pretty good pace. Perhaps even animated itself by the same kind of magic. I'd like to have like a vantage point where I can have like a good eye on the terrain and the people oh, then- in my parties. For now, I'm just going to run toward the dragon since I've still got some ground to cover before I can actually get it. Mm-hmm. As Varus is scrambling up a pile of rubble to get a better viewpoint, and Aramel is preparing to shoot, and Therena and Elemen are heading up the middle of the road, you all see a number of figures stepping out of the ruins, of, uh, or the shadows of the ruins, just behind the dragon. The day has turned overcast, making the yellow robes that the figures wear pop even more amid the gray ruins. There are four of them, with hoods up shadowing their faces. They don't seem like they are going to try to be your friends. Four cultists? And not like twelve? No, there's just four. Well, holy crap. Okay. (laughs) Well, I was expecting like a cult, like... I mean, they're they're part of a cult. Four yeah. that we can see. There you go. Aramil, you wanted to get up high so that you could start uh, shooting as the enemies were approaching you. So why don't you go ahead and roll four attacks to kind of represent uh, some of the volleys of arrows that you would send as these things are all approaching you. Uh, you can shoot either some of the zombie stragglers in the area or at the dragon itself. Okay, I'll take... Um three shots at like the zombies that are directly in front of my two party members there and I'll take one shot at the dragon okay hey bro I shit you not I rolled three 18s <laughs> I don't know what the that are but that's like ridiculous that's okay amazing. three 18s um, they, yeah that all hits you know it's like 34 right <laughs> yeah okay Go ahead and roll damage like normal, just to give us an idea of how effective the shots are. 12, 15, and an 18. Okay, so your first couple volleys almost completely clear the path of stragglers for your companions. Go ahead and take your shot at the dragon. I'm going to use sharpshooter on this one. Okay. That is, damn it, it's only a 13. Oh, shit. No, that's... I rolled a 2, and the structure is only <laughs> plus 11. Well, that doesn't Only plus 11. Only plus 11. So, once the dragon gets into range, you start taking some shots at it, and are able to get off quite a few before it closes the distance. And even though you do hit it a couple of times, the arrows bounce harmlessly off the thing's thick scales. Now, let's roll initiative. Okay, now I'm officially nervous. Is this bad? I think it's great. 23 for Varys. 21. I got a 20. Uh, 14. 12. Alright, Varys, you are first. 
how close is the dragon to me? With just a quick, like, eyeballing the distance, you'd think at least 100 feet, probably more. Damn. Okay. I will use my bonus action to activate the life song energy. I will then ask mirror image on myself. Can I get into cover by, like, where I'm at? So I'm out of, like, line of sight of the dragon or behind a wall or something? Yeah, there's a wall right to the left of you that is a little bit more intact. You can kind of duck behind that. It would give you the cover you're looking for, but it would mean you give up that vantage point that you were in. I will get behind that wall then. Okay. Now, now that I surveyed the battlefield, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, good, I'm good now. <laughs> the dragon continues its shambling run toward you. As it comes, it brings one of its hugely taloned hands down and crushes one of the undead that's in its way. Thank you. Now only about 70 feet away, it stops and rears its head back. It opens its mighty jaws and spews forth a tidal wave of fire. So, Elemen, Thorina, Malkin, and Aramil, I need you to make a dexterity saving throws. And this big swath of zombies between you and the dragon are all incinerated. Whoa. I'm using a lot, just so you know. 25 for Malkin. 19 for Therina. 22 for Element. 12. <laughs> okay. So Malkin, having evasion for being a rogue, is going to take nothing. Element, you are going to take half which is 29 damage, and Thorina and Aramil, you are going to take the whole thing, which is 59 damage. damage. Holy fucking shit. Did you say 59? 59. Well, Malkin's good back there. <laughs> dragons are incredibly rare in Aria. Stories of dragons almost always start with a long, long time ago, even when elves are telling the tales, and that really tells you something. As this wave of disruption rips across the battlefield, you understand why some people tremble at the mention of dragons, even though they may not have been seen in the area for hundreds of years. This thing is a death machine and you are going to get the full weight of its hatred. I'm dying today. Let's go. That is it for the dragon this turn, so you are up. Your magical armor saved you from the worst of the fire. That is to say, instead of being covered in third-degree burns and incapacitated by the pain, you've got some wicked-looking blisters and a few pretty critical second-degree burns, but you're still standing. I want to move west. Okay. And then south one square. So you want to run along what is left of probably like one of the side streets, uh, almost like you're going to start to try to flank the dragon and move into the ruins here for some cover. Yes. And then. And then I'll. I mean, I can't do anything, so I'll just wait. Okay. Aramil. So can I? Like, would I be able to attack and then kind of do like a jumping roll? behind the barrier where Therina just was? Yeah. Alright, so I will shoot three arrows at okay. the dragon. I will use sharpshooter. 
on all three. 20, 16. And that's that's a natural 20. That one obviously hits. The 16 doesn't, but the dirty 20 also does. All right, so I'll do the damage for the regular one first. 23. And then the critical 17 plus 8 is 25. But then also your sharpshooter, so 35. Yes, okay, yeah. Okay. Kind of makes up for missing that first shot. Yeah, I hit him for 60, so he hit me for 59. I think that's only fair. Yeah, Yeah, that's actually not a terrible trade. Yeah, and I'm going to use a bonus action. I'm going to use second wind, which is I regain 1d10 plus 12 hit points. 18. And then I'll do my diving tuck and roll behind the southwest corner of it like where the looks like the wall is kind of lower but maybe i can like duck down behind it yeah that's no problem for you to get there that's my turn okay so element assessing the situation all right i want to run the thorina and uh yeah it will take all your movement but you were right beside her when this all started so you can get right beside her again does she look pretty bad yeah Okay, uh, well, I'm going to do two things. Bonus action, I'm going to cast on uh, Baharat, a really cool thing that you can add to your damage. Uh, I'm going to cast Thunderous Smite. Anytime you uh, deal damage with it, uh, Thorina, you can do an extra 2d6 of thunder damage on one of your hits. And then... I'm going to cast second level heal wounds on her, which is automatically dealing max uh, heals, so it's 3d4. No, it's 3d4 plus 4, so 16. And that is what I'm going to do. At the end of your turn, the dragon begins to slowly beat its tattered wings. As mighty as the resulting wind is, it's clear the dragon is not going to be able to fly. Instead, it jumps. And with a little help from its wings, it travels that last 70 feet and comes crashing down right in front of Alamin and Farina. So, I need the two of you to make dexterity saving throw. 20 total. Same. Okay. As this, as the dragon comes down and his wings are just buffeting you with these like near gale force winds, you've both failed your saving throws, so you're going to take... 15 damage and you both are knocked prone uh Malkin, it's your turn Malkin's a little freaked out and he's gonna run around so I wanna run like kind of south and then west to where I can kind of peek out okay yeah so kind of jumping out of the cover here and then running over to the ruins along the side of this what was probably a building over here at one point and then using that to get up and get closer to where the dragon is buffeting the crap out of your friends. And then I want to use my short bow to shoot at the dragon. Uh, I'm going to use a luck point. <laughs> okay. 17. Does not hit. Uh, just kind of ricochets off of it. It scales. All right, well, he's going to disengage and or whatever and uh, kind of tuck back in behind the, the pedestal to where the dragon currently can't see him but probably will momentarily. Right. Next up are the cultists which none of you have a really good line of sight on them. You kind of just see some flashes of yellow magic from over in that direction. 
you all will almost undoubtedly remember that you saw some similar yellow flashes while you were still in the keep uh, and under siege from the undead. So it's probably not a huge leap for you to assume that these folks are probably the ones who were throwing those balls of fire at the castle. Uh, again, though, you do not have a good line of sight. You can't quite see what they are doing or really hear what they're doing over the, the tremendous roar of the dragon's beating wings. But you don't really see any sign that their spells have gone anywhere. The magic might just be contained to the four of them or the area around the four of them. So the end of the turn, which is the end of the round, you hear four voices chanting from in the ruins over toward where the cultists are. As they chant, four of the undead, all equidistant around the dragon, almost like the four corners of, a, of an invisible square, light begins to glow within their chests. Kind of the same way it looks if you put like a pen light against your fingertip, the way that kind of it, an illumination from within. And that'll bring us back to the top with Varus. I am going to uh, attempt to cast Eye Bite on the dragon. Tell me about that. Uh, for the spell's duration, he has to make a, a Wisdom 20 save. Um, Your DC is 20? Yeah, dude. My proficiency Damn. leveled up when I leveled up for it. Nice. Okay. Okay, for the spell duration, my eyes become an inky void, which they kind of already are. One creature of your choice from 60 feet that you can see must succeed a wisdom state or be affected by one of the following effects, either asleep, panicked, or sickened. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to attempt to sickened it, which okay. uh, the target, has, if he's sickened, has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. And at the end of its turn, it can make another wisdom saving throw if it see if it ends or not. Okay. As you cast the spell, the dragon turns its one good eye toward you. And as you lock gazes with it and the magic starts to settle in onto the dragon, you see its one yellow eye turn that black, milky void that is the same color that your eyes are right now. It lets out what could only be described as like a groan. Its head sways just a little bit and this greenish-brown liquid begins to leak out of a hole in the side of the dragon's face near its mouth. And then uh, I will uh, then get back into my cover. At the end of your turn, the dragon is going to spin around and lash out with its tail. The spin and the lashing is pretty shaky. This thing is definitely sickened. However, Element is still on the ground, so not in a great position to defend himself. The tail comes crashing down on Elemen for 16 damage. Now, on its actual turn, the dragon is going to continue to turn, coming back around to face you all, and it is going to let out a lung-ripping roar. That roar so close to you is terrifying. The dragon is in fact trying to inflict its terrifying presence upon you, so I need each of you to make a wisdom saving throw. You all have advantage on that. Thank you for the reminder. You're welcome. I rolled a 27. Mine's a rousing 7. I rolled a 21. It's an 11. 
14. Your ears still ringing from the dragon's roar. Therina, Aramil, and Malkin, you've seen some shit, and you've fought a dragon before, but this thing is just somehow just so much more than that. From the deepest, darkest part of you, this pitiless, primal terror comes surging forward and all but overwhelms you. So the three of you are frightened, which means you cannot move toward the dragon, and you have disadvantage on any attacks against it. Um, At the end of your turn, you can redo the saving throw. That is the first part of its attack. It is then going to turn and half lumber, half leap across the ruined street, coming down directly in front of Varus. Its one eye is still milky and black, and the other is an empty socket with just a few little maggots crawling around inside the skull. It is going to lash out with one of its huge clawed hands at you. Even with disadvantage, that is definitely going to hit you. I'm going to roll for one of my mirror images. There you go. I rolled a 12, so one is down. So this dragon comes landing right in front of you and then kind of winds up like an overhead and brings one clawed hand down and just crushes into where one of your mirror images was standing. It snarls at you and with that same hand kind of makes a backhanded swipe. Oh boy. That is a 19. Uh, yeah, I made it. So it hits the mirror. So you have one left? Yeah. So as the second mirror image whooshes out of existence, that dragon eye is still fixed on you, and you feel like you can see the hatred and anger growing in that eye. And while those emotions are almost certainly there, you realize what you're actually seeing is the dragon's eye beginning to glow yellow through that milky haze as it breaks free of the eye bite spell. Thorina, you are lying on the ground. You are terrified. The dragon has leapt away from you somewhere. You can hear it crashing around, probably attacking one of your companions, not too far away from you. How is Thorina, and what are you doing? She's damaged and doesn't know what's happening with life. She's having a crisis. There might be like an expression that changed, but her demeanor's probably still not completely shaken. Nice. And so then what are you doing? What is my distance to the dragon right now? 30 feet. Okay, I'll try to throw it. By it, do you mean your hammer? Yeah. 26. That'll hit. 33 for damage. So you scramble back to your feet, and the fear in your gut and your barbarian danger sense actually help you to find the dragon immediately. And you can see it is just thrashing through illusory versions of Varus. You throw Baharoth, and it sails like an arrow and crashes into the upper thigh of the thing's back leg. You can see some scales break and fall away as the hammer hits home. A few little bolts of lightning crackle around the hammer's head from Elemin's thunderous smite spell. And then Bahroth sails right back into your hand. Are you going to do anything else? Do you want to move? Namaste. 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 (laughs) 
Go ahead and make your wisdom saving throw to see if you can fight through the dragon terror. It's 20. That'll do it. So I think that maybe then, like, as Baharoth comes back to you, and, like, as you catch it out of the air, looking super badass, you're like, I can fucking smash this thing. And that that fear just kind of melts off of you as you remember that you're good at smashing things. Aramil, you are crouched behind that low wall. The dragon's roar is still ringing in your ear. You see it leap away and begin to thrash on Varys. Therina stands up and Baharoth goes sailing, and you are terrified. What are you doing? Yeah, so my hands are like pretty shaky, knees weak, palms are sweaty. So I'm just gonna take my take my three shots at the dragon. Okay. Again, sharpshooter on all of them. Fourteen. Nope. Nineteen. Nope. Twenty-one. Twenty-one will hit. Yeah, so my hands are like pretty shaky just from the the fear. And I think that probably causes the first two to kind of, like, go wide. But then mm-hmm. I kind of take a deep breath, steady myself for that third shot, and like just barely hit it. You draw and release those first two, and the shake is just enough. The arrow just, like, just skims by the dragon. You take that extra fraction of a second and let the third one fly. And it doesn't hit exactly where you wanted it to, but it still hits within one of those massive talent wounds on the dragon's side where the scales are gone, and the arrow sinks up to the fletching. All right, and the damage is... 26. And then I will... Shit, I can't go around the side of that because the other zombie is right there. You can, it would, just, it would get one attack of opportunity on you. Is it low enough where I could kind of just, like, like if I were climbing a fence, just kind of, like, jump over it? So you're looking out from behind the little, like, half wall that you're hiding behind right now. Across what was probably once an alleyway, there is a much larger section of ruined wall. Um, However, there are some straggler undead making their way around the two sides. So you gauge the height of the wall. It will definitely be more like climbing rather than jumping but you feel pretty confident that you should be able to make it over. Yeah, I want to do that and try to just climb over directly to the other side of where I am now, to the west. Sure thing. Go ahead and roll either athletics or acrobatics. I'll let you decide. Okay, I'm going to do acrobatic. What what does acrobatics climbing up a wall look like? It's like climbing up a wall, but with like sweet flips and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Parkour. Uh, Yeah, it's parkour, exactly. That's exactly right. But I still only rolled a 2, so it's only a 12. Oh, yeah, that's not quite enough. I think you go to do a sweet, like, parkour-like side jump and, like, to like give yourself a boost, and that part of the wall just crumbles. And so, like, you, you lose your footing and don't get that second jump. I'll say you can still have half your movement if you want to use it. Okay. For, is there room to the, like, further north where I would be covered even a little bit more? I'm just trying to, like, if you visualize line of sight on the map, like, technically, if the dragon turned around, it could see me. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to get to a point where it wouldn't be able to. Gotcha. Yeah. The other side is obviously better, but I'd say if you, like, wedge yourself up into the corner of that ruined wall that you were trying to climb, you'd be mostly out of line of sight for the dragon. Okay. And I'm since I'm still frightened, I'm, like, in the fetal position, just rocking back and forth, I'm tucked in underneath this thing. Okay. But I can also roll a wisdom saving yep. throw right now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cone advantage. See? That's a natural one, so glad I have advantage. Okay. That's a three. I don't know what the fuck is up with these rolls today. <laughs> so no, that's not going to do it. I have no modifier. 
Okay, so that actually fits kind of nicely with what's happening. You're, like, trying to climb, like, up and into and, like, through this corner of a, of a stone wall just to try to get away from this dragon. Yep. At the end of your turn, the dragon is going to jump in the air, flapping its wings again. So, Varus, I uh, need you to make a dexterity saving throw. I'm mad about it. Thirteen. Okay, so that does, that is a fail. So the strength of the the wind that this thing is buffeting with you knocks you prone, and you're gonna take eleven damage. And the dragon is gonna use that momentum to jump back up and over and come down right in front of Thorina. And it is Elements' turn. Okay, I just remembered that Aramil and I bought a bunch of potions of haste, so I'm going to take one. Okay. I guess I'll stand up first. Haste will double my movement. Is that, like, cover behind me? Like a wall? Yeah. Yeah, if you move back the way that you came, and away from Varus, there is a small ruined wall right there that you could get some cover from. Bonus action, I'm going to use Healing Word on myself at second level so that's it, I, it's automatic so yeah beacon of faith max heal anything else okay that brings us to Malkin from where you are it's entirely possible that you didn't see any of this after the dragon's roar frightened you um, you did hear just some monumental sized crashing its wings beating the air the thing snarling deep, percussive sounds as it strikes the earth. Though that's only if Malkin wasn't looking. What is Malkin doing? So, Malkin is scared. Pretty bad. Um, so I imagine he's uh, has his back to the cover or structure that he's trying to hide behind right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his like hands on either side of him holding the, the structure and his head like kind of going back and forth going like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, with his eyes closed. <laughs> okay. And he, like, takes a deep breath and tries to, like, gain whatever uh, strength that he has mentally mm-hmm. and gets back out to see if he can see the dragon. And can he see the dragon? Oh, yeah. And so he's going to draw his short bow again mm-hmm. of accuracy and uh, try to hit him this time. Okay. In the face. You have disadvantage from being afraid, but you have advantage because it is engaged with Tharina. So just one roll. Right. Okay. Shit. <laughs> I'm going to take one more luck point. Okay. God. Uh, no. It was a 17 again. Okay. I mean, just looking at this thing is frightening for you. So maybe just at that last second, you, like, you squeeze your eyes shut again as you let the arrow go. And it just whizzes off somewhere into the distance. And then I can roll the wisdom mm-hmm. throw again. Yeah. And then, do I still have, I have advantage on that still, right? Right. Eighteen. Oh dear. Um. So you are just struggling to pull yourself together, and you maybe feel like you're just on the verge, like you're just starting to calm yourself down a little bit, and you hear the dragon snarling, and it just all falls apart again. You did not succeed. Maybe just kind of crouch back again uh, behind the the structure again with his hands back against the the back of it again, still kind of shaking a little bit. Okay. 
Not a great fight for all of us to be rolling like shit. This is probably the worst <laughs> fight I've rolled in the entire campaign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not rolling too great, no. Um, I rolled a nine and then used a luck point and then rolled a six. <laughs> Next up are the cultists. And now that you all have moved around a little bit and are standing up again, uh, most of you are able to see them now. And I think they are just standing still, their yellow robes, you know, fluttering very gently in the breeze from the dragon's wings. They're doing that uh, thing with, like, one hand in the opposite sleeve of their robes and appear to just be watching the battle unfold. Then, at the end of the round, they begin chanting again. The four undead, whose chests were already glowing, turn to where the dragon is now and begin to shamble toward it. As they do, another three zombies begin to glow. That deep red, like a light, within their chest. first of the four original glowing undead throws its arms wide open as it reaches the dragon. The zombie hurls itself against the giant creature's flank and explodes like rotting fruit. Black viscera spreads across the dragon's scales and into its open wounds. As the other three zombies close and meet the same fate, you're stuck in stunned silence as the black goo seeps into the dragon's flesh. Its wounds begin to close. Cracked scales are made whole. New scales grow to cover vulnerable spots. And the once empty socket suddenly blossoms into a second burning yellow eye. actually do that team blaney podcast i want to do that we'll probably get lots and lots of listens <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you, you don't get any until you do it full-time podcasting i could promote the D podcast <gasps> you'd say that it's sponsored by yeah there's probably a lot of crossover between nascar fans and D fans 100 <laughs> percent. there will be soon If you can keep the dragon from the keep, we can handle the zombies. I guess he would probably say undead. He doesn't call them He's a huge fan of The Walking Dead. (laughs) He probably calls them walkers. The walkers. Coral. 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 Ask him what he thought of Rick dying. (laughs) What? He didn't die. (laughs) Oh, ask him what he thought of Rick's last show. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't watched that show in like four years. It's kind of like, do you want to use it for getting through the horde, or do you want to use it when you actually start fighting the dragon? 
Probably when we actually start fighting the dragon. Okay. Who says we're going to fight it? Maybe we're going to go, like, chat it up. That's that's true. I mean... Dude, could you I just, like, off. could you just back off? <laughs> Can you like, just, oh, like, nobody's ever asked me that before. <laughs> <laughs> you can certainly try. I mean, I've got t- 10 D20s if you want me to roll 10 things to see how well I do. <laughs> Weird one. Yes, <Okay>. please. <laughs> you just, I think you just you can just roll dice on your own. They don't have to actually like. You get, you get no, I'm, I'm saying like if you need to need to make me roll because I'm the one that's actually like doing something. Like I said, weird flex, but okay. You don't bring that up very much anymore. I know that he was a quartermaster <laughs> all the damn time. We've had so many adventures since my quartermaster days. You know, <laughs> that's all. That all seems boring now. Okay. For whatever reason, my athletics is, like, super high. Because you're a barbarian. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> do you want to... It, it hits. That's a hit. Um, what if I do shield, though? It's a 34. Oh, yeah. 